Hi, I'm Jen Schwartz. This is Think Fit, Be Fit. This podcast is all about not just doing fitness, but being fit. This is Think Fit, Be Fit podcast, an episode of Lab of You, which means we're talking about your body so that you can learn more about the thing that you're trying to change with exercise. And this, so this thing that you're trying to change, uh, trying to gain strength and flexibility and essentially more life into your physical body is anatomy and physiology. Um, Today, the Lab of You episode, um, we're talking about the science of exercises that can stimulate a healing process and where you're going to want to use these type of exercises is in your active recovery. Active recovery, this is the second episode on that. And that's because it's super important. It is a foundational piece of thinking fit, being fit, and living fit. And it's my hypothesis that it is difficult to execute that desire if you don't, if you don't feel confident in your body, if you don't have this scientific appreciation for your body and what it can do. <clears throat> my voice sounds very raspy this morning, so... Um, I think people like that. Anyways, this episode, uh, active recovery behind the yin and the yang of your physical health. So I chose that title because, well, it denotes that there is some kind of balance to be had between what you put into your body and what it can respond to and orchestrate in response to all the exercise stimulus. Um, the balanced equation, it's not, I, I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole of my busted Chinese health philosophy as it relates to modern health and how we take care of ourselves. That's not going to happen. Um, but what I love about saying that and using that as a subject for explaining active recovery is simply the balance of things and that you can, with the right intention and the right details and the right goal, you can create a stimulus to get something specific as a as when creating a delicate balance between two things. Moving on from the title, <laughs> let's get into the meat of this episode. Uh, the Those of us with previous injuries really can't afford to waste time in the gym on what we think should be working. To maintain and gain physical strength for our entire body is not a reactive or passive process. In the last episode, I just really read a list of 
what I'm doing with my body in this regards. And active recovery is being proactive about helping your body bounce back in between training sessions or workouts. And giving you that list, it was simple and easy for me because I apply these things day in and day out. I also teach these concepts to adults, uh, older adults, teenagers, millennials, uh, myself, my friends. I mean, concepts and the clients and the ages that I teach this to is, you know, pretty vast, obviously. And... So me just telling you these things it was, was pretty easy. So now I'm going to, this is more about digging a, a couple levels deeper into the science of it so that you can have a fluidity and confidence to apply the concepts yourself. Before we start, I'll do a quick intro of myself and of the course that is going live in Alexandria, Virginia in June. And the course is also going online after that. That is absolutely the intention, right? Uh, I'm definitely excited and looking forward to it. Um, but first, Mimi, what do I do? And besides hosting this podcast, which is in my best most brief words is <clears throat> that we're discussing exercise and teaching exercise as a skill to improve lifestyle and the management of chronic injury. Um, day to day, I am a muscle activation technique specialist and a muscle, oops, I just dropped something, uh, and a muscle activation techniques RX specialist. Um, and this helps me live out this passion that I have for helping people move pain-free, discover their physical strength, and take ownership of their fitness. I developed my love for health and fitness while growing up as a fierce soccer competitor and also had a deeper appreciation for it after enduring my mother's uh, slow and painful death of Lou Gehrig's disease. And so that's a good way to, not a good way, ooh, not a good way to learn about the neuromuscular system in its failure. Um, because of those experiences, I take uh, this full body approach to injury recovery uh, and strength training. And because I believe it is so important for life um, and how we value our longevity and how well we live those years that we're gonna live. And in each and every session, I focus on muscle function and movement mechanics with my clients so that they can, and you can get detailed on your improvement and how you're gonna level up and make sure that you're in control of your training as much as possible. So, and I do this in Alexandria, Virginia. The course announcement, Movement Pathways, this will be online, as, as I just mentioned, um, in Virginia at Local Motion Project. 
And this place is very unique and very cool. It's a female owned. It's also a nonprofit where they're trying, they're bringing dance and ideas together. They collide as their uh, brand branding where dance and ideas collide. So it's, um, a really great opportunity to be able to teach this community how to move better. Um, and they're at localmotionproject.org. Go check them out. My program will be under adult workshops. And this course is, has a unique format. It's all of my design. Uh, Gisera, the owner of local motion project gave me some great feedback and she is, uh, an experience, she has used muscle activation techniques with me. I also work with her son at the soccer club. So our worlds collide uh, several times. <laughs> um, I admire her a lot and value her friendship, obviously, and her support. But um, what the mission, how we, how, how this course is helpful to experienced exercisers is that we believe that exercise without injury is not a small goal. It is a vision for health. The purpose of the course is to create a community of experienced exercisers that value the quality and quantity of their workouts for health longevity. Movement Pathways uses education to focus on the optimization of the muscular system to enhance workout quality and encourage health autonomy. So, this is for experienced exercisers that need more strength and muscle engagement around an old injury, probably a former athlete of some sort, a dancer, um, older millennial, definitely that's uh, really who I am. So I'm really good at connecting these old injuries to what we're experiencing now in our thirties. And that this, you know, that we're, really going for scratch your own itch when it comes to managing your fitness. And so what we're going to do is one course that's m mandatory. And this covers, it's a more of a lecture. Uh, the course covers cognitive, neurological, and physiological changes that can occur in a thoughtful and effective exercise or workout. The student will understand why most generic fitness and injury care advice is diluted and that they will have a deeper connection to mindful movement and how to apply the scientific method of change. That's one hour and a half. I'll probably want to make it longer <laughs> course. And then three modules. Uh, so one for the core, back, diaphragm, pelvic floor, another for the hips and the knees, and a third module for neck and shoulders. So the people basically sign up for one or all three modules. And then they'll be able to have, you know, micromanage these areas of concern. And that'll be in the show notes. Um, if you would just want to get on the list and apply for the online content, that uh, is also in the link in the show notes, but I'm so ready to dive into this topic of active recovery. As I said earlier in my intentions for this episode, uh, creating this balance within physical health and physical manifestation 
of injuries and old injuries and reoccurring tightness and muscle imbalances, um, being able to micromanage that stuff can happen in your active recovery. And that's why I'm going to spend a lot of time on it because this is really just like a keystone foundational way that I teach people how to approach managing chronic injuries and exercise. Active recovery is not an reactive or passive process. And so to understand that, we have to dive into this, like, what is the physical part that we're trying to change? And I've got an interesting theory about that. But the episode is dedicated to being specific, not only in our intention, but at but our efforts as well. And exercise that creates a healing stimulus uh, they belong in your active recovery routine, but only if you're ready to be specific with your efforts and what it is that you are trying to change. We'll also cover why NSAIDs, like uh, the pills, like the pharmaceutical over-the-counter stuff, why NSAIDs are a bad idea for muscle soreness. We're going to cover two concepts that most trainers and therapists do not teach when it comes to managing chronic injury. And we're also going to uh, go into like a uh, working hypothesis or philosophy that I have on why tendon strength and recovery might matter more than muscle recovery. And then uh, being specific and detailed is the foundation for making your efforts worthwhile in active recovery. We're actually going to start at that one. As I mentioned before, this is not a... Uh, reactive process. So, but what the benefits are, you, we just need a reminder. I, I'll get into the, the details soon. Uh, the benefits of having active recovery part of your workout regimen. So you have your strengthening parts, you have your potentially aerobic parts, you potentially have some kind of sport that you might be involved in. It doesn't have to be a sport per se, but if it is an exercise routine that requires you to score points or stay in a certain zone or count a lot of reps and do it in a certain amount of time and AMRAP, uh, those are sports to me. So you have a well-balanced regimen and then you have this other part of the equation, the active recovery. Participating in this will help you rehearse exercises or movements that are difficult to work on the pieces of it to perform it fully. Uh, That's taking the pieces and bringing it to the whole. And that is, let that sink in for a second because a lot of people do not understand that when it comes to exercise. They, uh, usually athletes understand it as it regards to like a skill, like a jump shot or a golf swing. catching a ball, but when it comes to exercise, we don't see it as like, oh, I need to get good at the pieces of a squat before I orchestrate a solid squat and make it look pretty. Bouncing back quicker from soreness, that's another huge advantage for active recovery. Um, If you need to know why soreness is not a high quality exercise uh, measurement, check out my podcast. Muscle soreness is not a good indicator of a good workout from season one. 
a active recovery can improve your flexibility and strength. This is why a lot of people might use yoga for their active recovery. I do not, um, but that's why some people do it because they like to work, like to spend a whole uh, hour working on their flexibility, and I respect that. That's a good idea. Something I also preach to my athletes, but not my first choice of modality for that. And uh, one of the most important things is in increasing your likelihood of staying consistent in the gym, which is building resistance to injury. The main concept here that I keep coming back to is being specific. So ask yourself what it is that you want from your exercise, what it is that you want from your injury recovery, what it is that you want from your cardio regimen, what it is that you want from the couple hours of meal prep that you do every week. What people say to me over and over again and what you see in Instagram comments continuously and hear people talk about in the locker room or um, over coffee when you discuss exercise is that they just want to be better. And that's also the answer to all those questions that I just rambled on through that I want to get my hip, I want it to feel better, I want it to get better, I want it to be better, I want my exercise to work better. Now, that's cute. It's just a desire at that point to bring it into a domain of owning it and achieving it. We have to be specific to not only manifest the mere possibility of that happening, but to measure it and to be intentional. And I know that sounds like really uh, low-hanging fruit, but how will you measure betterness in your physical world? How do you do that? Is it exercising without injury? Because that's mine. Is it to have exercise as a tool to help your body prosper? Is it to nurture your health as an asset? I'm sure it is. But to actually check those things and feel like those are actually in your reach, the details are so necessary. Let's first acknowledge that getting specific about one your body, your movement, the things that you're not good at, it requires courage. The courage to dig that deep will, on the other hand, get you clarity. That clarity is important. Um, a lot of health and fitness people may align with this. You know, my experience with this is that it's difficult for, it was not anymore, but it was difficult for me to take a hard look at like my financial health because I didn't understand. I never got that education. And I see people clamor around uh, their sleep hygiene in the same way. It's like just, it, there's like some weird shame um, around a subject that we don't know about. And then we put up this resistance to changing it. Well, so it takes courage to, to 
to look at that and maybe even admit you've been doing and the wrong things and spending the money on the wrong things. That really sucks uh, to feel that. And but I mean, if you can just feel it for the moment, feel the resistance to it, and then move on and learn the next step and be appreciative of learning the lesson of what you did wrong. Um, I don't, you can move on. So to measure the betterness in your physical world, it takes that courage. But um, let's start with this. Learning to control the body under load, the mechanics, the technique, the form, whatever you want to call it, it's important that you understand that to move forward with your betterment, that you at least spend time on learning to control the body under load. And you can do this in your active recovery. You can learn about your body in this practice, in this mindful practice of active recovery. And if this is something you need help with improving, I have a tool for you. It's free. It's the strategic goal grid. And I think it's a lovely and simple tool. This is the context that I believe is the most helpful is understanding the mindfulness of this process, understanding where to let go and what to hold on to. That's all in this, uh, it's a guide. It's a really um, something I put a lot of my wisdom into and trying to make it as uh, chewable and as possible and being able to help you be your own coach and giving yourself feedback in a meaningful and healthy way. It's designed to help you with all that. And so that's download on the show notes, the strategic goal grid. The actual physical goals for active recovery workouts. And again, like these are separate workouts from your strength training, your sport, uh, this is for flexibility. It's for um, bouncing back quicker. So, and like I said, in the Lab of Me episode, I really just kind of showed you my schedule and like how I balance my equation. Um, the physical things that we want to achieve in an active recovery, we want to work on movement patterns or just exercises that suck things that we have trouble with that are an obstacle for our goal. Um, squatting uh, is a great example, uh, which is why I really tried to walk you through my process of improving my squat in the last season. Um, so working on those little pieces and contracting. Um, so the orchestration and the practice of a movement skill, you want to work on the mind-muscle connection and my favorite subject, which is working on the strength and the resiliency of the tissues around the joint that you're concerned about most, which embodies the practice of taking it piece by piece to improve the whole or the gross outcome of your efforts. 
So again, those are the goals of, of the physical intervention here for active recovery. And I've done some research for this podcast episode in this portion of the Movement Pathways course. And it's been a con- like a continual journey and research project and creativity project of figuring out the answer to this question. How do I get my muscle activation technique sessions to last longer? How do I get my clients and my athletes to build their own resilience around muscle imbalances and previous injuries? And through that research and through a lot of anecdotal experience and results, um, I really it led me down this path of seeing the muscles as a very responsive and highly plastic organ. And what that means is when I'm in session and when I'm doing warm-ups for uh, high school athletes, um, you see the muscles respond to stimulus incredibly fast even when people come in with soreness and pain and discomfort, by essentially stimulating a feedback system to the muscles and the nerves, I see a quick change happen where they'll have back pain in one second and then 10 seconds later, it's completely gone for that moment. And seeing how responsive that mo- the brain and muscle connection is makes me think, and that's not just happened once, that's happened thousands of times in my office, um, makes me think that we shouldn't really be targeting the muscles as much as we do, as people typically do in their active recovery because you can get that stuff to change really quickly. My big idea and my hypothesis moving forward after doing research and trying to answer that question is it's the tendons we should be focused on recovery in the physical way. And that I've been building on for a while. It's also something that's taught uh, as a way to manage to utilize the exercises and movement pathways and is that we have uh, focusing on the tendon and the properties of the tendon makes all of this better, makes all of your active recovery efforts better. So if the muscle and the brain connection can change instantly to remove pain, discomfort, and help people move better within a minute, under a minute, then what, so why do we keep targeting muscle flow and lymph in our recovery process? And so those modalities are the rolling, the lacrosse balls, um, massaging. Why do we keep focusing on those things? I don't know. Um, I have very little, I don't have, I have zero anecdotal um, 
evidence for that, except at my time at Mila Therapeutics in Florida, uh, helping train some NFL draft combine athletes. Uh, I did muscle activation techniques down there, and I saw a few of the guys um, go, more than few, go first round draft pick, and a couple of them in the fourth and fifth round. Um, Super cool, by the way. And seeing um, they use a very light lymphatic drainage massage. Um, And so that's really, based on that small amount of experience, um, I would... That's the only type of massage that I recommend for this process. Other than that, I'm recommending people target on the mind-muscle connection with isometrics, nerve losses, uh, active stretches is what I call the combination of those two things, and positional isometrics and dynamic warm-up exercises. Connecting the mind-muscle And then you have the strength component that I said a few few minutes ago that was my favorite part, um, which is strength training on those pieces. And then we've got this third piece, which is the tendon and focusing on that. And the reason why I'm I'm hyper-focused on the tendon health and stimulation at this point is because of the way that I view the body and have been taught to view the body and teach about anatomy and physiology. And that is a view of the body that I call structure dictates function. I first learned about this in the resistance training specialist courses, which I highly recommend for any trainer. I wouldn't... I almost would not refer people to a trainer unless they've been to some type of RTS class. Um, That concept helps fill in the gap between what exercise is to the mainstream and what exercise mechanics is and how to apply physics and mechanics to exercise. It's a biological view of the body and how that plays out in our decision-making as far as exercises. Having that view on the body as a teacher and a specialist mirrors that value of getting specific and strategic in your efforts and your decision-making because we're looking at the details of the thing that we're trying to change before we try to change it. And by understanding the foundations of it, we can then apply these concepts of exercise science, anatomy, and mechanics. The tendons enter the conversation when we are able to look at the difference of tissue of how the muscles contract. That's the difference between muscle, fascia, tendon, ligament, bone. And when we look at those different properties, we can see that the tendons are very unique. 
and that their training stimulus or their active recovery healing stimulus can be specific enough. Whereas the muscles, they are highly responsive and to the mind muscle connection and all these like neuromuscular things I was discussing before where I see pain go away in under an hour in under 10 minutes on people. So uh, it seems like the how highly uh, innervated and highly um, what is the right word vast how much blood is in the muscles and how much it's involved with the immune system um, and the brain that it has all this capacity to change instantaneously, whereas the tendons do not. They have um, a different type of blood supply, a different type of neural input, and they even within one region of tendons has that has different qualities or different sections of of uh, neural tissue and collagen matrix and extracellular matrix within one tissue. And before I go off the deep end, it just means by knowing these different regions of the tendon, we can actually um, apply training and exercise to get the stimulus out of them. The short answer for what is a tendon on a short, uh, on like a, a quiz, right? On this anatomy journey I'm taking you on. Uh, the tendon is made up of more stretchy stuff than a muscle. And it's also made up of contractile stuff that a muscle is. And it has this, by having that, it has this unique property to collect elastic energy and release it. So every time that you take a step, your foot hits the ground, there's absorption that happens at these tendons and muscles. And then the muscles collect that energy from the tendons to contract and move you forward. Near the bone, the tendon is stiffer and further away from the bone into the more muscular junctions, the tendon is softer. So the tendon needs to be stiff on one end to absorb, absorb, and it needs to be the opposite on the other end to coil and recoil for the stretchiness to happen between the muscle and the bone to move the bone. So essentially, you can apply different isometrics which are proven to stimulate how the tendons behave and how they lay down collagen uh, for more strength, more stiffness, or for uh, less uh, stiffness and more elasticity. You want both. So you like stimulating both in a active recovery workout. In my philosophy, in this practice, in the, in the movement pathways coursework is um, getting both longevity tendon advantages by increasing the stiffness and getting performance benefits for the next uh, workout by working to, uh, working to uh, stimulate that elasticity.
and this is done through a sequence of isometrics. The application of this is the coursework, Movement Pathways. I also have a IGTV video on how I use isometrics, which is uh, obviously visuals are really helpful to support this podcast and give that a uh, like and watch. It's only a couple minutes long. So essentially that's why tendon strength and recovery might matter more than muscle recovery because of their structure and because muscle is so responsive to uh, teaching and just plain old exercises like a plank and a bridge, like so responsive when you get specific about these exercises um, that you don't like if you have a good practice of using this in active range of motion and you know, you take a more mindful approach to flexibility exercises like yoga or stretching, um, that you don't have to waste time worrying about what's tight and what is holding you back because you're able to address all of these things in one active recovery workout when you follow this protocol of isometrics and the, the sequences that I teach. And again, like you're going to have to either invest time, money into the coursework or follow along on different Instagram posts, um, movement. I also have a, a membership uh, platform that's going to have all these exercises and exercise sequences. And to review that, you know, how science explains this structure determines function view. This is the the item that I called out other health and physical therapy uh, practitioners on. They don't teach this stuff when it comes to managing chronic injury. They're just told to do this and do that and check the list. I don't think it's enough. I think the body deserves more specificity. And to get that, you have to take the time to have this function, uh, structure then function approach to the biology and anatomy of your body. So yeah, you get it. Tendons are very cool. They have regions of stiffness and soft and, and softness softness that makes muscle recovery secondary. That makes our targeted isometrics better for active recovery. Um, I will just let me get into one practice that people do often that has been debunked by science. Um, it's even part of the gut brain axis. Um, so basically taking NSAIDs can impact your strength, impact your tendon health, impact your bone health, impact your gut brain axis, meaning like your small intestine and your bacteria and, and different neurotransmitters and your liver and your stomach. All of these things can be negatively impacted from taking NSAIDs for muscle soreness and muscle recovery. So um, I, again, like I mentioned before, I took a deep dive into some research on this subject. I have three links attached to the show notes if you care to look at that further. One of them is a rat study and two of them are high quality uh, research reviews. So they're more... One, the lab study like shows you the mechanisms and then two, the, the analysis pieces of looking at other reviews and other studies 
is the analytical piece. So that goes through the benefits and the cost of using NSAIDs. So again, they've been shown to make tendons weaker in simply days after the healing, after uh, a tissue is harmed. So in one study, a normal NSAID dose for the first five days is enough to reduce strength by a third. The strength, you know, was eventually regained, but not until weeks after the untreated tendons. Uh, the research is down there. Um, I don't want to spend too much time shaming people for taking NSAIDs when it's totally normal in the conventional medicine and athletic training world to stop the healing process, but essentially that's what's going on and that's what has been confirmed uh, through these through research is that it stops the healing process and therefore delays the whole entire process um, so that you can, and so it's enabling people to work out on weaker tendons and muscles with less firing power from the brain and potentially creating more injury or just potentially just um, keeping, it's like a Band-Aid without the fibrin scab to help rebuild the uh, injured tissues. I stopped myself to stop myself from going down a rabbit hole of the biochemics of injury repair, but there's a lot of process, like a lot of gateways that it shuts down for the immune system. And that's what you need to know that it's not safe anymore. And once you read, you will have more reason <laughs> not to do it. I was going to go into a bit about stretching and what's the difference between active and passive range of motion, but um, I feel like what I did with the tendons and telling the differences between the tendons was really a great way to digest this information. Um, I've done a podcast just on stretching. It's definitely a subject we're going to come back to, but essentially um, I'm all about activating muscles and correcting muscular imbalances that way, whereas stretching um, is more about dampening the cycle of that feedback, which it just doesn't stick, uh, in my opinion, humbled, educated, well-read opinion on that. And uh, so I'll just end this by touching on the movement pathways framework and how you can actually start to better your exercise, create that specific betterment. How do you bring that change? How do you own it? How do you enter the domain of doing the right things instead of trying the right things? And it the answer to that is using a self-assessment for each segment of the body that is mindful. It's, it's a mindful component of observing, observing your movement and then comparing it to the other side, vice versa. And the, this can vary um, how much time I'll spend on a client. I can spend 20 minutes just on a shoulder range of motion comparative mobility exam. Um, you really only need to spend like two minutes on each segment of the body to get enough information to improve, but it has to be mindful. 
it has to be removed of your experience with injuries prior has to be removed of what a physical therapist might have told you about that tightness it has to be removed of your fear of moving into positions and that i don't know how that sounds but it's it's it is what i feel when i'm got my hands on people with injuries there's fear when moving into the positions, even though it won't hurt when we get into the position. Um, so removing that bias and is, is one of the things that is going to make you better overall, but it's also going to improve the skill of self-assessment and being mindful of your movement. Wow. I hope you can digest that and apply it. There's plenty of examples of this framework um, in the Movement Pathways course. We go through self-assessment processes on each segment of the body, and it is um, a necessary piece of micromanaging when you're in your active recovery workout. It can also be part of your warm-up. And you can also be rewarded by this practice when it doesn't have to be part of your exercise and your squats. I mean, a piece of it will be, you'll be able to pick and choose what you need once you're proficient enough, but it's a reward. It's a reward to be able to move well and feel strong when you've had previous injuries, period. It is a reward to be connected to the previous athletic mindset and being able to be in the flow state, it is a reward to get there. And this mindful self-assessment is the big, like the foundation. It's the bottom of the period pyramid for applying this knowledge and being able to use active recovery without wasting your time in the gym. If anything, guys, don't take NSAIDs if you got anything from this podcast. Um, the secondary level of understanding of this podcast is that isometrics can target the mind-muscle connection and improve tendon uh, recovery, and that the muscle system responds really quickly to almost any type of stimulus. And if you're using too much and so the third level of understanding this podcast is like when you can put the two together, isometrics, mobility, and active range of motion, and then understanding why uh, stretching is advice is pretty overrated and that you can make a difference when you get really specific about what you're trying to better and what you're trying to improve. So lots of action items here, lots of downloads, uh, the strategic goal grid, the, what else, the IGTV link. Um, and if you join the list of uh, my newsletters and how to move with expert level precision in your warmups and your active recovery, um, all that information is in the membership portal. 
that is part of the Movement Pathways coursework. So um, obviously, if you're ready to take the deep dive, I'm providing that content and that opportunity. So I look so forward to helping you and I look forward to taking any feedback you give me into my classes and how I teach people. So uh, happy to help and be a part of your journey and you are part of my journey. Uh, I wouldn't be as compliant on my exercise and my active recovery if I didn't have to talk about it and teach it. I promise you. <laughs> so I'm fit to serve you and our health span and taking it taking time and effort into feeling good and moving well for the long game. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and comment, like, dislike, just give me some feedback on Facebook and Instagram at impact underscore your underscore fitness. Thank you.